Chapters 11 through 15 of the Second Book of Maccabees, King James Version. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 11. Not long after Lysias, the king's protector and cousin, who also managed the affairs, took sore displeasure for the things that were done. And when he had gathered about fourscore thousand with all the horsemen, he came against the Jews, thinking to make the city an habitation of the Gentiles, and to make a gain of the temple, as of the other chapels of the heathen, and to set the high priesthood for sale every year, not at all considering the power of God, but puffed up with his ten thousands of footmen, and his thousands of horsemen, and his fourscore elephants. So he came to Judah, and drew near to Peshur, which was a strong town, but distant from Jerusalem, about five furlongs, and he laid sore siege unto it. Now when they that were with Maccabeus heard that he had besieged the holds, they and all the people with lamentation and tears besought the Lord that he would send a good angel to deliver Israel. Then Maccabeus himself, first of all, took weapons, exhorting the other that he would jeopard themselves together with him to help their brethren. So they went forth together with a willing mind. And as they were at Jerusalem, there appeared before them on horseback, one in white clothing, shaking his armor of gold. Then they praised the merciful God altogether, and took heart, insomuch that they were ready not only to fight with men, but with most cruel beasts, and to pierce through walls of iron. Thus they marched forward in their armor, having an helper from heaven, for the Lord was merciful unto them. And giving a charge upon their enemies like lions, they slew eleven thousand footmen and sixteen hundred horsemen, and put all the other to flight. Many of them also, being wounded, escaped naked. And Lysias himself fled away shamefully, and so escaped. Who, as he was a man of understanding, casting with himself what loss he had had, and considering that the Hebrews could not be overcome, because the Almighty God helped them, he sent unto them, and persuaded them to agree to all reasonable conditions, and promised that he would persuade the king that he must needs be a friend unto them. Then Maccabeus consented to all that Lysias desired, being careful of the common good, and whatsoever Maccabeus wrote unto Lysias concerning the Jews, the king granted it. For there were letters written unto the Jews from Lysias to this effect, Lysias unto the people of the Jews sendeth greeting. John and Absalom, who were sent from you, delivered me the petition subscribed, and made request for the performance of the contents thereof. Therefore, what things soever were meet to be reported to the king, I have declared them, and he hath granted as much as might be. And if then ye will keep yourselves loyal to the state, hereafter also I will endeavor to be a means of your good. But of the particulars I have given order both to these and the other that came from me to commune with you. Fare ye well, the hundred and eight and fortieth year, the four and twentieth day of the month, Dios Corinthius. Now the king's letter contained these words, King Antiochus, unto his brother Lysias, sendeth greeting. Since our father is translated unto the gods, our will is that they that are in our realm live quietly, that every one may attend upon his own affairs. We understand also that the Jews would not consent to our father, for to be brought unto the custom of the Gentiles, but had rather keep their own manner of living. 
for the which cause they require of us that we should suffer them to live after their own laws. Wherefore our mind is that this nation shall be in rest, and we have determined to restore them their temple, that they may live according to the customs of their forefathers. Thou shalt do well, therefore, to send unto them, and grant them peace, that when they are certified of our mind, they may be of good comfort, and ever go cheerfully about their own affairs. And the letter of the king unto the nation of the Jews was after this manner. King Antiochus sendeth greeting unto the council and the rest of the Jews. If ye fare well, we have our desire, we are also in good health. Menelaus declared unto us that your desire was to return home and to follow your business. Wherefore, they that will depart shall have safe conduct until the thirteenth day of Xanthicus with security, and the Jews shall use their own kind of meats and laws as before, and none of them any manner of ways shall be molested for things ignorantly done. I have sent also Menelaus that he may comfort you. Fare ye well. In the hundred forty and eightieth year, and the fifteenth day of the month, Xanthicus. The Romans also sent unto them a letter containing these words, Quintus, Memmius, and Titus, Manlius, ambassadors of the Romans, send greetings unto the people of the Jews. Whatsoever Lysias, the king's cousin, hath granted, therewith we also are well pleased. But touching such things, as he judged to be referred to the king, after ye have advised thereof, send one forthwith, that we may declare, as it is convenient for you, for we are now going to Antioch. Therefore send some with speed, that we may know what is your mind. Farewell, this hundred and eight and fortieth year, the fifteenth day of the month Xanthicus. Chapter 12 When these covenants were made, Lysias went unto the king, and the Jews were about their husbandry. But of the governors of several places, Timotheus and Apollonius, the son of Junius, also Hieronymus and Demophon, and besides them Nicanor, the governor of Cyprus, would not suffer them to be quiet and live in peace. The men of Joppa also did such an ungodly deed. They prayed the Jews that dwelt among them to go with their wives and children into the boats which they had prepared, as though they had meant them no harm who accepted of it according to the common decree of the city, being desirous to live in peace, and suspecting nothing, but when they were gone forth into the deep, they drowned no less than two hundred of them. When Judas heard of this cruelty done unto his countrymen, he commanded those that were with him to make them ready, and calling upon God the righteous judge, he came against those murderers of his brethren, and burnt the haven by night, and set the boats on fire, and those that fled thither he slew. And when the town was shut up, he went backward, as if he would return to root out all them of the city of Joppa. But when he heard that the Jamanites were minded to do in like manner unto the Jews that dwelt among them, he came upon the Jamanites also by night, and set fire on the haven and the navy, so that the light of the fire was seen at Jerusalem, two hundred and forty furlongs off. Now when they were gone from thence nine furlongs in their journey towards Timotheus, no fewer than five thousand men on foot and five hundred horsemen of the Arabians set upon him, whereupon there was a very sore battle. 
but Judas's side, by the help of God, got the victory, so that the nomads of Arabia, being overcome, besought Judas for peace, promising both to give him cattle and to pleasure him otherwise. Then Judas, thinking indeed that it would be profitable in many things, granted them peace, whereupon they shook hands, and so they departed to their tents. He went also about to make a bridge to a certain strong city, which was fenced about with walls, and inhabited by men of diverse countries, and the name of it was Caspus. But they that were within it put such trust in the strength of the walls and provision of victuals, that they behaved themselves rudely towards them that were with Judas, railing and blaspheming, and uttering such words as were not to be spoken. Wherefore Judas with his company, calling upon the great Lord of the world, who without rams or engines of war, did cast down Jericho in the time of Joshua, give a fierce assault against the walls, and took the city by the will of God, and made unspeakable slaughters, insomuch that a lake two furlongs broad, near adjoining thereunto, being filled full, was seen running with blood. Then departed they from thence seven hundred and fifty furlongs, and came to Jarasha, unto the Jews, that are called Tobeni. But as for Timotheus, they found him not in the places, but before he had dispatched anything, he departed from thence, having left a very strong garrison in a certain hold. Albeit Dorotheos and Susipater, who were of the Macedonians' captains, went forth and slew those that Timotheus had left in the fortress, above ten thousand men. And Maccabeus ranged his army by bands, and set them over the bands, and went against Timotheus, who had about an hundred and twenty thousand men of foot, and two thousand and five hundred horsemen. Now when Timotheus had knowledge of Judas's coming, he sent the women and children, and the other baggage, unto a fortress called Carnion, for the town was hard to besiege and uneasy to come into, by reason of the straightness of all the passages. But when Judas, his first band, came in sight, the enemies being smitten with fear and terror, through the appearing of him who seeth all things, fled amain, one running unto this way, another that way, so that, as they were often hurt of their own men, and wounded with the points of their own swords, Judas also was very earnest in pursuing them, killing those wicked wretches, of whom he slew about thirty thousand men. Moreover, Timotheus himself fell into the hands of Dosiotheus, and saucy patter, whom he besought with much craft to let him go with his life, because he had many of the Jews' parents, and the brethren of some of them, who, if they put him to death, should not be regarded. So when he had assured them with many words that he would restore them without hurt, according to the agreement, they let him go for the saving of their brethren. Then Maccabeus marched forth to Carion, and to the temple of Atagratus, and there he slew five and twenty thousand persons. And after he had put to flight and destroyed them, Judas removed the host towards Ephron, a strong city where Lysias abode, and a great multitude of diverse nations. And the strong young men kept the walls and defended them mightily, wherein also was great provision of engines and darts. But when Judas and his company had called upon a mighty God, who with his power breaketh the strength of his enemies, they won the city, and slew twenty and five thousand of them that were within. 
From thence they departed to Scythopolis, which lieth six hundred furlongs from Jerusalem. For when the Jews that dwelt there had testified that the Scythopolitans dealt lovingly with them and entreated them kindly in the time of their adversity, they gave them thanks, and desiring them to be friendly still unto them, and so they came to Jerusalem, the feast of the weeks approaching. And after the feast called Pentecost, they went forth against Gorgias, the governor of Idumea, who came out with three thousand men of foot and four hundred horsemen. And it happened that in their fighting together a few of the Jews were slain, at which time Dosotheos, one of Bacchanor's company, who was on horseback and a strong man, was still under Gorgias, and taking hold of his coat, drew him by force. And when he would have taken that cursed man alive, a horseman of Thracia, coming upon him, smote off his shoulder, so that Gorgias fled into Marisia. Now when they that were with Gorgias had fought long and were weary, Judas called upon the Lord that he would show himself to be their helper and leader of the battle. And with that he began in his own language and sung psalms with a loud voice, and rushing unawares upon Gorgias's men, he put them to flight. So Judas gathered his host and came into the city of Odolam. And when the seventh day came, they purified themselves as the custom was and kept the Sabbath in the same place. And upon the day following, as the use had been, Judas and his company came to take up the bodies of them that were slain and to bury them with their kinsmen and their father's graves. Now, under the coats of every one that was slain, they found things consecrated to idols of the Jamanites, which is forbidden the Jews by the law. Then every man saw that this was the case, wherefore they were slain. All the men, therefore, praising the Lord, the righteous judge, who had opened the things that were hid, betook themselves unto prayer, and besought him that the sin committed might wholly be put out of remembrance. Besides that noble Judas exhorted the people to keep themselves from sin, for so much as they saw before their eyes the things that came to pass for the sins of those that were slain. And when he had made a gathering throughout the company to the sum of two thousand drachmas of silver, he sent it to Jerusalem to offer a sin offering, doing therein very well and honestly, and that he was mindful of the resurrection. For if he had not hoped that they that were slain should have risen again, it had been superfluous and vain to pray for the dead. And also, in that he perceived that there was great favor laid up for those that died godly, it was in holy and good thought, whereupon he made reconciliation for the dead, that they might be delivered from sin. Chapter 13 In the hundred fortieth and ninth year, it was told Judas that Antiochus Euphator was coming with a great power unto Judea, and with him Lysias his protector, and ruler of his affairs, having either with them a certain Grecian power of footmen, an hundred and ten thousand, and horsemen five thousand and three hundred, and elephants two and twenty, and three hundred chariots armed with hooks. Menelaus also joined himself with them, and with a great dissimulation encouraged Antiochus, not for the safeguard of the country, but because he thought to have been made governor. But the king of kings moved Antiochus's mind, 
against this wicked wretch, and Lysias informed the king that this man was the cause of all mischief, so that the king commanded to bring him unto Berea, and to put him to death, as the manner is in that place. Now there was in that place a tower of fifty cubits high, full of ashes, and it had a round instrument which on every side hanged down into the ashes, and whosoever was condemned of sacrilege, or had committed any other grievous crime, there did all men thrust him unto death. Such a death it happened that wicked men to die, not having so much a burial in the earth, and that most justly, for inasmuch as he had committed many sins about the altar, whose fire and ashes were holy, he received his death in ashes. Now the king came with a barbarous and haughty mind to do far worse to the Jews than had been done in his father's time, which things when Judas perceived he commanded the multitude to call upon the Lord night and day, that if ever at any other time he would now also help them, being at the point to put from them their law, from their country, and from the holy temple, and that he would not suffer the people that had even now been but a little refreshed to be in subjugation to the blasphemous nations. So when they had all done this together, and besought the merciful Lord with weeping and fasting, and lying flat upon the ground three days long, Judas, having exhorted them, commanded that they should be in readiness. And Judas, being apart with the elders, determined, before the king's host should enter into Judea and get the city, to go forth and try the matter in fight by the help of the Lord. So when he had committed all the creator of the world and exhorted his soldiers to fight manfully, even unto death, for the laws, the temple, the city, the country, and the commonwealth, he camped by Modin. And having given the watchword to them that were about him, victory is of God, and with the most valiant and choice young men, he went in into the king's tent by night and slew in the camp about four thousand men and the chiefest of the elephants with all that were upon him and at last they filled the camp with fear and tumult and departed with good success this was done in the break of the day because the protection of the lord did help him now when the king had taken a taste of the manliness of the jews he went about to take the hold by policy and marched towards Beshura, which was a stronghold of the Jews. But he was put to flight, failed, and lost of his men. For Judas had conveyed unto them that were in such things as were necessary. But Rodokos, who was in the Jews' hosts, disclosed the secrets to the enemies. Therefore he was sought out, and when they had gotten him, they put him in prison. The king treated them in Besom the second time, gave his hand, and took theirs, departed, fought with Judas, was overcome. Heard that Philip, who was left over the affairs in Antioch, was desperately bent, confounded, entreated the Jews, submitted himself, and swore to all equal conditions, agreed with them, and offered sacrifice, honored the temple, and dealt kindly with the place and accepted well of Maccabeus, made him principal governor from Ptolemaeus unto Gerhenes.
came to Ptolemais, the people there were grieved for the covenants, for they stormed because they would make their covenants void. Lysias went up to the judgment seat, said as much as could be in defense of the cause, persuaded, pacified, made them well affected, returned to Antioch. Thus it went, touching the king's coming and departing. Chapter 14 After three years was Judas informed that Demetrius the son of Seleucus, having entered by the haven of Tripolis, with a great power and navy, had taken the country and killed Antiochus, and Lysias his protector. Now one Aclemus, who had been high priest and had defiled himself witfully in the times of their mingling with the Gentiles, seeing that by no means he could save himself, nor have any more access to the holy altar, came to King Demetrius in the hundred and one and fiftieth year, presenting unto him a crown of gold and a palm, and also the boughs which were used solemnly in the temple. And so that day he held his peace, albeit having gotten opportunity to further his foolish enterprise, and being called into the council by Demetrius, and asked how the Jews stood affected, and what they intended, he answered thereunto. Those of the Jews that he called Asidians, whose captain is Judas Maccabeus, nourish war and are seditious, and will not let the rest be in peace. Therefore I, being deprived of mine ancestors' honor, I mean the high priesthood, am now come hither, first verily for the unfeigned care I have of things pertaining to the king, and secondly, even for that I intend the good of mine own countrymen. For all our nation is in no small misery through the unadvised dealing of them aforesaid. Wherefore, O king, seeing knowest all these things, be careful for the country and our nation, which is pressed on every side, according to the clemency that thou readily showest unto all. For as long as Judas liveth, it is not possible that the state should be quiet. This was no sooner spoken of him, but others of the king's friends, being maliciously set against Judas, did more incense Demetrius. And forthwith, calling Nicanor, who had been master of the elephants, and making him governor over Judea, he sent him forth, commanding him to slay Judas, and to scatter them that were with him, and to make Eclemus high priest of the great temple. Then the heathen that had fled out of Judea from Judas came to Nicanor by flocks, thinking the harm and the calamities of the Jews to be their welfare. Now when the Jews heard of Nicanor's coming, and that the heathen were up against them, they cast earth upon their heads, and made supplication to him that had established his people forever, and who always helpeth his portion with manifestation of his presence. So at the commandment of the captain they removed straightways from thence, and came near unto them at the town of Desau. Now Simon, Judas's brother, had joined the battle with Nicanor, but was somewhat discomfited through the sudden silence of his enemies. Nevertheless, Nicanor, hearing the manliness of them that were with Judas, and the courageousness that they had to fight for their country, durst not try the matter by the sword. Wherefore he sent Posidonius and Theodotus and Mattathias to make peace. So when they had long advisement thereupon, and the captain 
had made the multitude acquainted therewith, and it appeared that they were all of one mind, they consented to the covenants, and appointed a day to meet together by themselves. And when the day came, the stools were set for either of them. Ludus placed armed men ready in convenient places, lest some treachery should be suddenly practiced by the enemies. So they made a peaceable conference. Now Nicanor abode in Jerusalem, and did no hurt, but sent away the people that came flocking unto him. And he would not willingly have Judas out of his sight, for he loved the man from his heart. He prayed him also to take a wife, and to beget children. So he married, was quiet, and took part of this life. But Alchemus, perceiving the love that was betwixt them, and considering the covenants that were made, came to Demetrius, and told him that Nicanor was not well affected toward the state, for that he had ordained Judas, a traitor to his realm, to be the king's successor. Then the king, being in a rage, and provoked with the accusations of the most wicked man, wrote to Nicanor, signifying that he was much displeased with the covenants, and commanding him that he should send Maccabeus prisoner in all haste unto Antioch. When this came into Nicanor's hearing, he was much confounded in himself, and took it grievously that he should make void the articles which were agreed upon, the man being in no fault. But because there was no dealing against the king, he watched his time to accomplish this thing by policy. Notwithstanding, when Maccabeus saw that Nicanor began to be churlish unto him, and that he entreated him more roughly than he was wont, perceiving that such sour behavior came not of good, he gathered together not a few of his men and withdrew himself from Nicanor. But the other, knowing that he was notably prevented by Judas's policy, came into the great and holy temple and commanded the priests that were offering their usual sacrifices to deliver him the man. And when they swear that they could not tell where the man was whom he sought, he stretched out his right hand toward the temple and made an oath in this manner. If ye will not deliver me, Judas, as a prisoner, I will lay this temple of God even with the ground, and I will break down the altar and erect a notable temple unto Bacchus. After these words he departed. Then the priests lifted up their hands toward heaven and besought him that was ever a defender of their nation, saying in this manner, Thou, O Lord of all things, who hast need of nothing, was pleased that the temple of thine habitation should be among us. Therefore now, O holy Lord of all holies, keep this house ever undefiled, which lately was cleansed, and stop every unrighteous mouth. Now was there accused unto Nicanor one Razus, one of the elders of Jerusalem, a lover of his countrymen, and a man of very good report, who for his kindness was called a father of the Jews. For in the former times, when they mingled not themselves with the Gentiles, he had been accused of Judaism, and did boldly jeopard his body and life with all vehemency for the religion of the Jews. So Nicanor, willing to declare the hate that he bare unto the Jews, sent above five hundred men of war to take him, for he thought by taking him to do the Jews much hurt. Now when the multitude would have taken the tower and violently broken into the outer door and bade that fire should be brought to burn it, he being ready to be taken on every side fell upon his sword, choosing rather to die manfully than to come into the hands of the wicked 
to be abused otherwise than beseemed his noble birth. But missing his stroke through haste, the multitude also rushing within the doors, he ran boldly up to the wall and cast himself down manfully among the thickest of them. But they quickly giving back, and a space being made, he fell down into the midst of the void place. Nevertheless, while there was yet breath within him, being inflamed with anger, he rose up, and though his blood gushed out like spouts of water, and his wounds were grievous, yet he ran through the midst of the throng, and standing upon a steep rock, when as his blood was now quite gone, he plucked out his bowels, and taking them in both hands, he cast them upon the throng, and calling upon the Lord of life and spirit to restore him those again, he thus died. Chapter 15 but Nicanor, hearing that Judas and his company were in the strong places about Samaria, resolved without any danger to set upon them on the Sabbath day. Nevertheless, the Jews that were compelled to go with him said, O destroy not so cruelly and barbarously, but give honor to that day which he that seeth all things hath honored with holiness above all other days. Then the most ungracious wretch demanded, if there were a mighty one in heaven, that he had commanded the Sabbath day to be kept. And when they said, There is in heaven a living Lord and mighty, who commanded the seventh day to be kept. Then said the other, And I also am mighty upon earth, and I command to take arms and to do the king's business. Yet he obtained not to have his wicked will done. So Nicanor, in exceeding pride and haughtiness, determined to set up a public monument of his victory over Judas and them that were with him. But Maccabeus had ever sure confidence that the Lord would help him. Wherefore, he exhorted his people not to fear the coming of the heathen against them, but to remember the help which in former times they had received from heaven, and now to expect the victory and aid which should come unto them from the Almighty. And so comforting them out of the law and the prophets, and withal putting them in minds of the battle that they won afore, he made them more cheerful. And when he had stirred up their minds, he gave them their charge, showing them therewithal the falsehood of the heathen and the breach of oaths. Thus he armed every one of them, not so much with defensive shields and spears, as with comfortable and good words. And besides that, he told them a dream worthy to be believed as if it had been so indeed, which did not a little rejoice them. And this was his vision, that Onias, who had been high priest, a virtuous and a good man, revered in conversation, gentle in condition, well spoken also, and exercised from a child in all points of virtue, holding up his hands, prayed for the whole body of the Jews. This done, in like manner there appeared a man with gray hairs, and exceeding glorious, who was of a wonderful and excellent majesty. Then Onias answered, saying, This is a lover of the brethren, who prayed much for the people, and for the holy city, to wit Jeremiah the prophet of God. Whereupon Jeremiah, holding forth his right hand, gave to Judas a sword of gold, and in giving it spake thus, Take this holy sword, a gift from God, with the which thou shalt wound the adversaries. Thus being well comforted by the words of Judas, 
which were very good, and able to stir them up to valor and to encourage the hearts of the young men, they determined not to pitch camp, but courageously to set upon them, and manfully to try the matter by conflict, because the city and the sanctuary and the temple were in danger. For the care that they took for their wives and their children, their brethren and folks, was in least account with them, but the greatest and principal fear was for the holy temple. Also, they that were in the city took not the least care, being troubled for the conflict abroad. And now when all looked what should be the trial, and the enemies were already come near, and the army set in array, and the beasts conveniently placed, and the horsemen set in wings, Maccabeus, seeing the company of the multitude, and the diverse preparations of armor, and the fierceness of the beasts, stretched out his hands towards heaven, and called upon the Lord that worketh wonders, knowing that victory cometh not by arms, but even as it seemeth good to him, he giveth it to such as are worthy. Therefore in his prayer he said after this manner, O Lord, thou didst send thine angel in the time of Ezekias, king of Judea, and didst slay in the host of Shennacherib, an hundred fourscore and five thousand. Wherefore now also, O Lord of heaven, send a good angel before us for a fear and dread unto them. And through the might of thine arm, let those be stricken with terror that come against thy holy people to blaspheme. And he ended thus. Thus Nicanor and they that were with him came forward with trumpets and songs. But Judas and his company encountered the enemies with invocation and prayer, so that fighting with their hands and praying unto God with their hearts, they slew no less than thirty and five thousand men, for through the appearance of God they were greatly cheered. Now when the battle was done, returning again with joy, they knew that Nicanor lay dead in his harness. Then they made a great shout and a noise, praising the Almighty in their own language. And Judas, who was ever the chief defender of the citizens, both in body and mind, and who continued his love towards his countrymen all his life, commanded to strike off Nicanor's head and his hand with his shoulder and bring them to Jerusalem. So when he was there and called them of his nation together and set the priests before the altar, he sent for them that were of the tower and showed them vile Nicanor's head, and the hand of that blasphemer, which with proud bags he had stretched out against the holy temple of the Almighty. When he had cut out the tongue of that ungodly Nicanor, he commanded that he should give it by pieces unto the fowls, and hang up the reward of his madness before the temple. So every man praised toward the heaven the glorious Lord, saying, Blessed be he that hath kept his own place undefiled. He hanged also Nicanor's head upon the tower, an evident and manifest sign unto all of the help of the Lord. And they ordained all with a common decree, in no case to let that day pass without solemnity, but to celebrate the thirtieth day of the twelfth month, which in the Syrian tongue is called Adar, the day before Marjotius's day. Thus went it with Nicanor, and from that time forth the Hebrews had the city in their power, and here will I make an end. And if I have done well and is fitting the story, 
it is that which I desired, but if slenderly and meanly, it is that which I could attain unto. For as it is hurtful to drink wine or water alone, and as wine mingled with water is pleasant and delightful the taste, even so speech finely framed delighteth the ears of them that read the story. And here shall be an end. End of chapters 11 through 15 End of the second book of Maccabees